0: Hi, I'm John Doe. I have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> 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 but anyway, this is uh, Ben Keating from Brooklyn, New York, on the Bonsai Podcast with Kevin and Ryan.
1: Welcome to the Bonsai Time Podcast, the tree hugger's number one spot for history horticulture, and having fun. This is your host Ryan, and today's episode spans all three of these categories, as Kevin interviews Benjamin Keating to discuss his history in bonsai, horticultural challenges involved in displaying bonsai as fine art, and the latest ways that Ben is having fun combining trees with his metal sculptures. Moreover, a recurring question they discussed is what could the world of fine art give back to or teach bonsai artists. Ben discusses some ideas, but the question remains open. Check out our show notes for pictures of Ben's work. And if you would like to follow along in Ben's garden tour that he gave to Kevin, see the YouTube version of this interview also linked in the show notes. With that, I have one last note before we dive into today's episode. We received a question via Spotify, but we learned that this is a one way communication. So we would like to let that viewer or listener know we received the question and will incorporate it into another Bonsai Brainstorm episode to be released in late February. Anyone else with questions for that or a future Bonsai Brainstorm episode please use the form on our website or DM us pictures of your trees. At this time of year pot pairing exercises could be especially useful to think ahead on. Now, back to the Boneside Time Podcast.
2: What were you doing in, uh, what were you doing in uh, Oregon? That's where I'm originally from. Uh, born and raised
0: there. Um, I was flying out there to install the sculpture.
2: Oh, um, right. The PBM, right?
0: Bought into, but um, yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, so that was to go out there and kind of um, my uh, introductory into the pacific northwest bonsai world mm. so it was very um great to introduce me and drive me around to all the different um guys out there you know mm. so it was like a three-day crash course on bonsai um and Aaron, out there.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> seven in the morning till nine o'clock at night we were out you know doing yeah. it was fantastic though uh i want i really want to get back there soon
2: yeah aaron's a really good dude i've, I've known him for while now yeah and um but uh yeah there's nothing really like the pacific northwest especially just how much of a vastness of bonsai there is you know it's like this weird incubator right now of
0: oh yeah it also was like to get it all so fast right so like i show up at the museum and um him and i have been talking for a while and so i get to see their protocol right you know and like how they take care of the stuff and the trees and then the next day we're at randy's Mm
3: -hmm. and then
0: like his way of doing it right then we're at ryan's mm-hmm. and he's his way of doing it and then the last day we're at dan's oh, and yeah. if i can't say that there was not much in common between those guys other than bonsai you know it's, yep. it, like um i guess you know aaron and ryan those guys and randy but everyone's it was amazing how the the depth of like um creativity and then the like lack of thought for some things and mm. overthought other things, yet mm-hmm. everyone was at the same endeavor, but the the differences were huge, especially between the the you know the the the, the guys there, you know.
3: Yeah, and, yeah and
0: operating, so to speak.
2: It's funny you went to you went to Dan Robbins, right, right outside of uh,
0: a.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, when I first started thinking about sculpture and bonsai, hmm. um, I always say it wrong. It's my Brooklyn accent. You got to forgive You're good.
3: me. You're good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, so it, it, it was, for some reason, I guess, being a, an American, being like, you know, we've been, my family's been in since 1898, you know? So I guess oh, wow. we've been in Brooklyn since eighteen ninety. Yeah. So I'm like, a, it's Brooklyn is like where I'm from, you know, 100 years. Yeah. So I looked up, the first thing I Googled, like, when I, did, I wanted to start working with trees, and first thing I Googled was American bonsai.
2: Okay. So
0: where does that lead you to, right? <laughs> <laughs> was Dan Robinson yeah. for a Bonsai, you know? And yeah. I kind of, um, I went on a steadfast mission to contact everyone in the industry but Dan because I was kind of scared of him.
2: <laughs> he's he's quite the personality. It's funny you went, you, you know, you say that. Um, my co-host, Ryan, who's, he wasn't able to join us today. He actually studied with Dan uh, when he was in college at University of Washington in Seattle. He studied with him off and on for four years or so. Uh, three to four years and then he goes relatively regularly back and helps out and you know this continuing Ed so to speak and right. um I think it was two years ago now already uh I was afforded the invite by Ryan vouching for me that you know I'm a good dude I'm here to work you know got to go out there for three days or so and yeah that whole experience with Dan is a whole another level of uh it's, it's hard to take in you know uh and ryan's is the same way and you know Randy's, no, it, but, Like but
0: like, i guess they all were hard to take in dan for me was the easiest to take in
2: given given
0: right right well it, i think it's a lot to do with again my aesthetic as an american artist where there's a bit of disregard mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that america kind of tends to pioneer that's very different you know and then there's also the the fact that i'm a full-time sculptor right so if dan says like you don't need to repot kid you know yeah, it's like
3: well, yeah
0: try that you know <laughs> or you don't know you know so it's like okay and like okay let that branch die or like well look at like just so that it always resonated with me mm. but i'm a geek too and i want to like you know learn the right thing to do as well right so i'm kind of sh- as, as a beginner and mm. remain i will remain a beginner in bonsai mm. not to cause myself any trouble mm. um, i still struggle between the two yet i, <laughs> I towards dan's approach because i have three kids i have a career
2: right so
0: you know, his idea of like letting the tree do its thing and uh the beauty of it like remaining on death's door i guess i don't know if that's a proper way to say it
2: no that definitely is uh I want to say, I don't want to say trademark, but a, definitely a, an aesthetic to some yeah. of Dan's work where it's that gnarly, like he says, right? Gnarly. And this old, he, did he point out the trees to you that were the, across the street? that were like, see those ones with the with the, with the uh, tops broken off. Those are the oldest ones. And the ones next to him are the younger Headlock ones.
0: Headlock conversation, yep. you know? And, yep. we, uh, and, you know, I kind of, I get that too, you know? And it's like, so the the whole idea of where he's at I guess it's remarkable to me because of the, 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 again, it's that, that the, um, the lack of like following the rules.
2: Yeah. The lack of control. Right.
0: Right. And I, and also like, and it was really nice to go there with Aaron. Cause you know, I don't really understand, um, like if a hemlock or something like that, the color of the leaves. So like Aaron's kind of was navigating the fact that like, look, man, the, you know, all the, a hemlock in any other collection wouldn't have yellow leaves yet. This thing has had yellow leaves for 35 years. Yeah. So yeah. really like to, to leave the Pacific to start at the museum and then go through that whole thing and end up at Dan's was like epic. I think we spent five hours there.
2: Yeah, no, that's uh, that's a short amount of time. I would say.
0: <laughs> and we were leaving and he like chased us out. Let me show you the azaleas on the way out. And I jump out of the car, you know, okay, let's go. <laughs>
2: Well, and nope. in the thing with his spot too, you know, the history of it, right?
0: Garbage dump thing. And yeah, yeah, yeah it's pretty, that's
2: pretty amazing in itself. And now his son does a lot of the curatorial rock uh, art and sculptures and things, you know. And
0: yeah, I didn't get a chance to meet the son, unfortunately.
2: He's a good guy. Good guy.
0: wasn't in, in town, but um, we got to see his shop too, which was super cool, you Did know. And, big
2: old saw and everything.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was and, huge. The rock into it which is like super cool you know <laughs> <laughs> become like the work that i do is very much like that that's kind of the other thing with making cast metal sculpture shoveling sand and all that stuff is like kind of what i do is daily so like mm. the earth and then the money in it and all that stuff and to hear dan say like why are you buying all that soil for you know and then mm. get into the bulging moss and, and the, the beauty of the beauty of that which really like that level of, that's not in anyone else's work from where yeah. I see, right? Yeah. Because you know yeah. I mean? moss isn't going to exist. And then breaking out of the pot like that, that doesn't exist unless you're not, you're yeah. right. Yeah. So it's like, And that's kind of like my first three or four trees that I have here look like that. Mm. Because I've been, I'm lax in my, you know, um, what do you want to call it? Uh, I would call it cleansliness or. Uh, oh, your well, dad, your dad, uh, <laughs>
2: your dad, you know. Um,
0: bad bonsai
2: dad, yeah. <laughs> like, how do I, you know, manage everything? So there are things that would get behind you. But um, within that experience, does that make you want to go a little deeper into the platform of learning more about all the aesthetics and the plantings and the formative uh, seasonal work that takes place with bonsai? Or is it more just approach of like, oh, I know what I can jump on and kind of do my own thing with?
0: I think that the whole thing out going out west, particularly prior to that, I was afraid to work on trees that were like um, more um, valuable. Let's say yeah. you know, and, and uh, after coming home from there, I messed up a bunch of stuff right away, mm. and it was it's because it, I've been kind of relying on um, the I guess um, the garden's getting less healthy.
3: Mm. Because
0: I'm not, I'm trying to rely more on my own instead mm. of like going on professionals and having help and going out there. I guess I realized like, look, man, you could like lose a branch or two or like maybe, like I lost my first tree this year. Yeah. You know, and I have 150 back here. Ooh, that's a lot. Yeah, nothing, you know, it's like nothing's really, hold on, I can span you around. It's not all. You know, how do I flip this? I'm really bad on Zoom. Oh, you're good. Yeah. So, like, there's not everything is not. Those are nice. I mean, that's like, it, it's just, and it is there's some like stuff like this. And then, mm-hmm. you know, this is a pretty cool, um, oh, nice little spruce. spruce. And this is some of the nicer stuff. But then there's like this thing that I, I got out of um, a national park in, in Maine that was like on the road and it was getting run over. And then, this mm. white pine or like um you know this is a nice tree but then there's this like weird stuff like this this was a um eastern white pine that was growing and it was like i don't know it was like 10 feet tall and it had all mm. these spots i just cut it in half and tied it all into a knot
3: That's weird
0: awesome. it's, and then there's like this this pit of like gosh there's this a Scots pine there elm this giant crepe myrtle down there that like has a massive base this ridiculous uh Boxwood that has a really you know beautiful trunk, and then Mm. you get great myrtle amongst the weeds here. Mm -hmm. It's huge, but again, like look at these weeds, Kevin. Like that's (laughs) bad practice. This is a tree here that when I got home from, uh, this is one of the first trees I got. It's an Mm. elm collected out here. This is like I decided to just gnaw on it. Like Dan, I came from um, the Pacific Northwest. This is the first thing I did and i was just like you know like and then i'm kind of watching it's 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 alive up here there's barely and i i forgot when i was getting into it you have to leave like you know you can't like get rid of all the outside you're gonna kill the top but it's kind of going you know
2: yeah and with deciduous trees too they're pretty high water moving so you're so i'm sure dan may have showed you that tree that kind of calloused itself on the inside back over yeah yeah, uh which is yeah, an astonishing dude. thing to see i was like what in the heck never seen that no those look awesome you got some great work and i think that too you know i was looking at your um your photos or your gallery showings and stuff um from what i've seen from your trees and just your style and points it's very fitting well wow, that's cool that is an awesome wow that's, that's die cast that's cool
0: this tree oh, wow. i just i just broke a major limb off because uh I was pushing it far, you know, mm. but kind of everywhere. It's not there's like a kind of a lot of hodgepodge and, mm. you know, kind of duck down everywhere. And this is a Japanese white pine that was dying. and I, I had it it started budding this year. It was dying in an old man's garden. Mm. It, it pushed this year, but it just, it just, it just quit the bed. This yeah. is like the main my, my thing I did. It's a rose and a tiny helm. Mm. Like I think it's going to be something someday, Very you cool. know?
3: Mm-hmm, all mm-hmm.
0: sorts like a big just it just keeps on going i kind of went nuts you know yeah. this when i did this this year' I'm gonna take 15 years for that to be cool you know that's awesome it's gonna take a while you know a limber pine a bristle cone this mm. we just back from randy and mm. that was by Todd um this is the i finished this container yesterday that's awesome a new one it's just all scrap you know' mm. uh, yeah, they kind of keep going this is probably this i think this is the second tree that i got was a. I uh, i collected this one from a graveyard just a san jose juniper that mm. they would get um more stuff here and this is a cool little sculpture here that needs a base it keeps falling over that's another cool. sculpture hanging out here with this really weird engelman that's cool bizarre engelman and then that this just like doesn't stop here
2: <laughs> you definitely have enough to keep you busy
0: yeah this is a redwood that um i've been leaving outside in 10 degree weather mm. trying to get acclimated it came back you know mm. i just leave it outside i'm trying to get it to be this is another sculpture i just finished with a tiny elm that's really cool another one uh, this tree has to get done and i mean it's mm. kind of this is a really cool uh this is a root graft from marty I forget the gentleman's last name. I can't say it probably. The big guy from uh starts with an S. This is the tree that's that's mm. dying on me.
2: Uh yeah. Yeah, certain know. cultivars of maples are finicky. I had one of those.
0: I, I probably should have stayed away from it. Um, this is another tree I got for free. It was like a 10-tree planting that died. A lot of this stuff I get larches and uh the giant redwood here that I really don't know what to do with this. Mm. Another larch, and this is another tree of Marty's. And oh, this, wow. is, that, this is the first tree I collected. You can't really see it, but it was growing on the side of the road in the Bronx, and it was covered with um, plastic bags oh, from wow. the, up here. And I saw, like, this little thing on the side of the road coming out of the. and I, I geo locate stuff, and then I dug the plastic out from underneath, and there's a really cool tree in there.
3: Nice. But
0: third casualties of showing art. Yeah. um someone tried to steal this tree here uh, a really cool engelman that was worked on for a lot of years you could see where the guy we have him on video you mm. can see where the handprint is
3: oh, yeah. you see right oh, wow. there yeah
0: see where he grabbed it and this thing i could have held it upside down when i installed it you see how it, it got loose out of the root Yep. he probably yeah so That's kind of one of the problems with showing this stuff is I, you know, I thought I came into this tree and I was like, why is it all falling off? Mm. And this one, I don't know. it kicked the bucket, but again, they, I'm trying to show these things indoors
3: Mm.
0: for, I mean, gosh, you know, like that this thing was indoors for one and a half months. And yeah, I think that kind of part of the deal with where I, where I, with this stuff, what we're doing, it, there's a bit of, decay but i think that um the more i do it i'm kind of learning how to show trees indoors for more time right Mm. there's not how many people have shown bonsai indoors for like three months right
2: i don't know of any let's think too is i I think if they would have or if they have uh they probably have it somewhere outside when it's maybe closed or something just to get that affiliation of air and stuff and depending on season too, right because right
3: Man.
0: So, like that's kind of all the stuff that I feel like maybe maybe that'll be somewhere where I could add to the community yeah. as, you know, because it's like that's what I'm trying to learn how to do.
2: no, that's a good starting point, and that's too you know, and those ideas of you know we need more open gallery museums, my personal belief, because of the fact that you have these living art pieces, right? when you're enclosed, it's always that non permanent right acceptance of weather, right. But now right. with it having open like the Pacific Bonsai Museum, right? That's an open air museum. It works. Right. It's like, boom. But, um, man, that's you got a nice little backyard for how much trees you
3: got?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm lucky that it's a pretty and I have a big front yard, too. So that always helped, you know, in Brooklyn here. This is this is kind of a lot of space for Brooklyn, you know.
2: Right right so I was wondering so are you originally from Brooklyn or have you lived anywhere else were you born there what was what was that
0: Yeah I mean this this house here you see I I've, I've kind of rebuilt a good portion of it but um I built that chimney this is this house my great great grandfather bought
3: hmm. off
0: the boat from Italy um, it came with a dollar in his pocket he was a machinist wow. and he bought the place at um in uh 1898 it was built for a Republican club and it didn't have a bathroom and a shower and i don't know he came here with like a buck in his pocket again he was a machinist so in like three years he had a job so he bought it then and then i had to like beg borrow and steal to buy it from my dad when my grandmother passed i lived here with i took care of her for eight years in the mm. house she um kind of the, if you see my other work i've been making the whole house in metal yeah I wanted, I wanted to
2: ask you about that process in regards to like that show is very inspiring from you know I watched a little bit of the video you walked through that was on Facebook and then you know just in the process of that has that contributed to more of an aesthetic for you to feel like you're connected with people by art now through your family?
0: Um, I think what that show opened up for me um, for something that I, I I was always into art on a level of like kind of um, trying to be experimental trying to be avant-garde, trying to do something new. But that was the first time I showed my heart, in my mm. heart, and mm. I've been making art for a lot of years. I mean, I'm forty something now, and that was the first time I exposed myself. And the trees have become an extension of that in a way. Awesome. It's more personal, you mm. know. It's not as like an abstract object. Um, like uh, what do I have? Like something like in here, you know? They're they're um, the uh, there's not a lot of human in some of these some of these pieces of mine, like the the older abstract pieces, like something like this. Yeah, you know, pardon the mess. This is another tree that perished in mm. the longhouse. Um, we have a show up at the longhouse, and they put it indoors at in sixty degrees of boxwood. And it didn't make it, but like a, a piece like this, you know, it's crazy. It's it just becomes so. The grandma show and all this stuff was more of i guess yeah personal you know
2: mm, mm, mm. no that's, that's uh that's really cool because that's a lot of inspiration just for everything else going forward right But also too i mean you have quite an extensive and vast foray of of you know what you've done from i was looking at your resume and stuff you've you've created a foundry is that correct like yeah grant, one of the we, grant-based we, yeah, programs was, and
0: yeah we were one of the we were one of the only teaching foundries um I mean, we taught at Columbia, I've taught at um, SBA, Pratt Institute, Mm. lectured all over. So we were one of the few foundries that actually extended, I extended all my knowledge to students, um, which was kind of cool. And then we also did production work for some of the greatest artists in the country for the past 20 years. I I started out when I was like 20 Mm. something. I think I was 23. I worked for a big factory. You know, I come from pretty much middle class to poor Brooklyn. You know, we don't have a lot of money. So this big factory was closing and I literally uh, signed like almost a million bucks worth of work without having a shop, took the deposits, got a building and built the factory. And here we are like 20 years later and I've decided to close the factory and just focus on the the bonsai sculpture and um, my own sculpture. And I'm not even teaching any longer.
2: Okay. I was going to say, because. So you started doing the foundry kind of stylistic artwork at 20, right? But then how did you even get into art or did you get inspired by your grandma, your parents, family, who, who got no, you from when um, you were a kid and whatnot?
0: I was uh, I, I was a poet from a very young age and you could look it up and you could see some poems of mine published and it was um, always hard to make a living as a poet. Right. So I decided to go into forestry and I enrolled in, um, environmental science and forestry out in Syracuse. I didn't get in, but I got into Morrisville, which had like a satellite program for Mm -hmm. there. And I I went and did that. And um, my dad bought me a book for Christmas. Remember the books that used to be like uh, before the web, it was like, if you want to be a lawyer, here are all the jobs that you could get, you know? Mm
3: -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: And uh, it was like forestry. And the biggest job was like 16 grand, 17 grand or something. So (laughs) I decided I might as well just stick to poetry. So I dropped out of that. And went to uh, Brooklyn College for a moment to meet Allen Ginsberg and study with him. Oh, wow. And then I went to Oswego to study with um, this guy, Lou Turco, who was the only comprehensive book of poetry forms out there. It's a book of every form and called cool Poetry Boot Camp. You had to write Niama Pentamina, You had to write Sestina. You had to write all these like it was a really tough class. Mm. And um, so I went there to study that. And my last year um they wouldn't let me take any more English classes so I was like I want to take sculpture and the guy wouldn't let me in the class and he had this foundry it was all like he was he was like 80 at the time Nick Incenzo. Mm. and it was covered in trash and I was like foundry I don't know something rang with me and uh you know I used to make sculptures when I was a kid in metal until my mom caught me with a torch and like that <laughs> ended real quick. I was like burning cigarettes and metal and making like I don't know it was like uh, I learned I grew up in a pretty rough no- neighborhood in Flatbush and one of my friend's brothers got out of jail and taught us how to make jail cig- jail knives out of cigarettes and started <laughs> making these like cold arrest mobiles with okay. cigarettes. And my mom saw me with the torch and the cigarettes and the crack years were going on. and She flipped out.
3: Mm-hmm. So that
0: was kind of the end of my sculpture career at a real young age. Mm-hmm. And then I saw this foundry and the guy wouldn't let me in the class. I cleaned it up invited him back down i got the thing running he was like the guy started crying he's like you can come in the class and (laughs) i dropped out of college dude oh wow uh, yeah i took one class in the foundry um i got it up and running again he wrote a letter to my teachers that semester to get me the pass and the second semester the teacher's like look he has to come to class and nick was just like he's in the studio all day all night i stopped going out and i would like run jog from the studio to home past the bars and my friends were like keating where you going no time <laughs> and i just be like and you know i left college and there mm. was a huge foundry uh school run by uh, seward johnson of the johnson and johnson family in trenton and you know they were only hiring guys with degrees uh masters at the time mm. i just showed up there and i i did there, there was trucks leaving the yard and uh it was like there was all dirt in the yard so i went and i found the maintenance area grabbed the broom." Started sweeping up. The president of the company came out. I was like, who told you to sweep the street? And I was like, I don't know, sir. I just see you have trucks coming and going. I can't get an interview here. He's like, you don't work here? I was like, no, sir. I'm just cleaning your street. I want to work here. (laughs) And he's like, I'm taking lunch. It's going to be a fast one because I met you. Come back to the office. And I said, I don't have a degree. They won't. He goes, don't worry. And they put me in there. And I excelled there. Um, You know, I was coming in from Brooklyn every day to Trenton, Mm -hmm. New Jersey. Mm -hmm. to work. I was getting up at four or five in the morning and taking the train three hours to get there. And, you know, coming back home, looking after grandma and heading out the next day. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of that energy kind of built me as someone who was somebody there. So when they closed, they shut down the foundry. A lot of the big clients were like floundering. And I said, hey, I could do the work. Give me a shot. And that's back to the story where I signed like close to a million bucks in work in one week and just quit quit the job before they closed and opened up
2: real quick um i knew what a foundry was i have friends that do all different kinds of art but there may be some people that are listening that don't know what a foundry is can you briefly describe what the function is and what you do primarily at the foundry
0: melt metal and uh you know cast it into forms various forms whatever they may be so the the foundry the foundry of sense is just a a place where metal is melted and formed. Forging, you know, is a place where metal is forged, right? The metal is heated and hammered, Mm -hmm. where when you found your metal, it's it's melted down, you know? Mm
3: -hmm.
0: And kind of one of the kicks to the foundry is everything comes in as bricks and 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 you know bags of sand and stuff like that. And um we turn it into sculpture. So it's it's truly uh like high level um industrial kind of production. Whereas, you know, things are coming in sand and turning out as product. You know, there's no pre-fixed items coming and put back together. You know what I mean?
2: Mm -hmm. No, yeah, that's that's definitely from the ground up.
0: Yeah, ground up production. And, you know, that's what a foundry is. And it was the reason I went towards that as an artist was because the foundry was the, if you look at a lot of my work, you'll notice it. It really wouldn't work in any other material other than metal. You know what I mean? right, right. So that was the primary focus to me going towards foundry.
2: So then how do you, uh, jumping forward, you know, how do you start showcasing your own work? And then, you know, have you always been in the trees at this time or was there a moment where you're just like, Hey, cause I read that you want to do a, a bronze tree, but you're like, that's gonna be so much money. I can't do it.
3: So and so many other the artists
0: tree, have done it before and they killed trees and you have Mark mm. Quinn that did mm. the bonsai. So, so I, was, I was researching the idea of trees, Giuseppe Pignon, and then I found Nick Lentz, you know, Dan okay. Robinson, Nick mm-hmm. Lentz. Then mm-hmm. this is where the idea of Ben Keating as a bonsai practitioner starts.
3: Mm. When I
0: see Dan Robinson, then I see Nick Lentz and I'm like, oh, there's room for me in this space. It's mm-hmm. kind of it was a big kind of awakening, like, wow. Moreover, that there was there was artistic room is what really pushed me to keep pushing, because in the art world there's there's not much room left you know right right for creativity currently in this especially in this time of year hmm. so bonsai seemed like an and a kind of a open market for the avant-garde
2: yeah i would say there's, there's uh, i always tell people out in america it's the wild west you know and or,
0: or as does like a lot of these professionals like owen reich or ryan or bjorn that mm-hmm. spent seven years in japan i mean right you You're know right. like you can't you can't wipe that out, right?
2: You know the traditional sense of why, like you were talking about when you, when you were over there, seeing all the things and then realizing or having this realization, oh, okay, that does make sense. Why I need to kind of tend to these seasonal factors more too, right? And so it's a good standing point, but also like you said, there is definitely room to create more, and we don't have the cultural dynamic of Japan because we're not Japanese, right? And right. Yeah, there's, it's almost like the Wild West or wild US <laughs> as, our, yeah. as our geography, in, you know, replicates what we want to do with our bonsai trees, right?
0: Right. Well, isn't there a story about Dan and how he like had brought out a chainsaw and was like thrown out of Japan? And then like years later, they saw his trees were still alive and they were like, oh, shit, come back kind of thing, right?
2: I don't know if it was Japan specifically. I I know of his stories with many chainsaws from other people I know um, <laughs> and things in that way. And he said he brought it out and then he got kicked out of a. I think it was he got kicked out of a, a, a convention or demonstration. They're like, get out of here! And then everyone else, you know. Um, yeah, he he did a lot of stuff. Uh, there's a gentleman named Chase Rosade over in New Hope, PA, and yeah, you, you know, know, he's
0: so close to me. I haven't gotten a chance to get there yet. You
2: gotta. You should get there. his stuff's great. He's got good stories. We have some podcasts with him. I'm actually set to go see him in a couple week weekends and help him with some trees up there. And um, he's uh, he's been doing bonsai since 1953. Dan's been around the same amount of time, you know. And with the knowledge that they have, just of their experience, it it just proliferates this idea of what more can we do, right? And I'm excited to see what you have coming on because when I saw Aaron put on the Avant garden display and things in that way. That was just so intriguing to me because I've always been interested in this idea of man, not necessarily verse nature, but the implication of man on nature or vice versa. And how does that intake for you with this idea of using your metal sculpture or metal uh, process and then having this something non-metal living standard not that metal isn't living you know thinking about with atoms or not but in this idea of physically living to actually growing you know what i mean
0: yeah i guess that well time is the connection uh between bonsai and sculpture because like there is the idea of time and sculpture with that more time is better sculpture same with bonsai right you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so like there's um there's that where where that was like a a strict connection and there are a lot of rules in foundry you know as Mm -hmm. as far as the sculpture is concerned so like there are a lot of like similarities but there's also a lot of differences you know and i guess i'm straying from the question
2: (laughs) well no in regards to that 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 just we're just chatting and you know um Within that idea of rules, you know, I would think they're in place so people don't get burned up because in foundry work, that seems really hot temperature, right? So do you think within your bonsai creation now you're available to have more freedom because you don't have such set standard practice like you do in foundry?
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of like the whole feeling I feel about all of this. It's freeing me up on both sides. Good. Yeah, yeah. And I think that... um the acceptance of Aaron was a big kind of um, uh, loggerheads is the right word. It just sounds good, but it was, it was like, that was like, kind of like, okay. And then to have someone have that museum be willing to invest in this idea of who knows what, right. You know, it was like, what is this? And to take a chance was like, uh, that was a big kind of step forward for me because I hadn't had the opportunity to work with, other than stuff like this. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. like, so uh, that was the level. And I had been contacting a lot of the the bigger guys and saying like, Hey, can I get a tree? And it just, it kind of wasn't going anywhere from that perspective. Cause who wants to put a tree in my container? That's worth big money. Mm. If they don't know if this container can work. Right.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
0: So when Aaron was willing to take that chance and him and I kind of collaborated on that concept, it it did that was like kind of like I was like oh wait you know this there really is space here you know Mm -hmm. I mean I can't lie it's my first major museum acquisition there's a couple of my pieces that'll be going to major museums in New York that were Mm -hmm. bought for me from big collectors Mm -hmm. but they're in their living rooms right now one of the biggest collectors in New York that Ben when I pass it goes to the Whitney Ben when I pass it goes to the MoMA but As of current, the Pacific Bonsai Museum is my first permanent acquisition. That's awesome. In a museum, you know?
2: Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome.
0: Right? So it becomes like, and for someone who's been trying to get in the museums of the art world for 20 plus years, to step into this um, genre and to be accepted so fast was um, kind of incredible, you know?
2: Well, and that's the thing, I'm quoting a friend here, it says, when you do good things or good work, people see it, they don't necessarily understand why at first, but they want more of it. And I'll say for me, when I saw your work, I was like, ah, this speaks to me because this is similar to like my liking, you know, and that's exciting to see that you have the opportunity. Like, did he search you out or did you contact
0: Aaron or how did that? Uh, I call, I think I, I cold-grammed him. Mm. That my, um, I like that. yeah, I'm a poet. That's a new term, <laughs> coined on uh, bonsai, bonsai podcast. I yeah, cold random them, and um, that was it. Yeah, I saw a lot of. There's other artists that are doing it, and um, for me, what I knew it would set me apart is I knew that I had the space in my brain to real, and I care. I'm I've, I've grown plants my whole life, mm. so I knew that. I didn't think, and I almost know that I don't think there's going to be another sculptor that's going to put the time in that I have been willing to put in the last four years. And again, I say I'm still a beginner after hours of Mirai and studying Mm -hmm. with Jim Doyle and studying with the host of guys that he's brought around and women. Mm -hmm. There's an enormous amount of time I've spent studying this craft. And I don't know if another sculptor is really going to, Get into that, man. You know?
2: Right. Cause there's that divide. Like we're talking about, what time do you put in for what? Cause you have so much going on already outside of your bonsai practice and your sculpting.
0: Well, beyond you that know? is Kevin, there's also the idea of like, I can't take a good picture, right? I can't, mm. certain things I can't do well, certain things I can do well, but I already have a green thumb, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's another problem. Like, how many sculptors have a green thumb? Cause you're not going to, you're not going to really play with bonsai if you can't grow a good tomato or like, you know what I mean? For sure.
2: No, this this is true. Cause it's hard. You can teach it, but it comes in the application. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I think there's a certain, like with everything in life, there's a certain of it built into your DNA or not.
2: Yeah, I agree.
0: You know? And like, so I always knew I was a plant guy and then this tree idea came and then the idea was to work with big trees which I did. I think I don't know if you ever saw the picture. I I, I uprooted a twenty-something foot maple raft that I found on the side of the road.
2: I haven't seen and
0: that. Yeah, that'll be planted. Um, we're trying to find the permanent location. It's in the parking lot of my gallery right now. Oh wow! And um, we'll be styling. I'll send you the pictures um, of the tree. And I, you know, I uprooted it last year. Um, it's growing well this year, so it's ready to be styled. I have a whole concept that. Do you know Chris Scott from Maine, bonsai artist, uh, uh, amateur?
2: sounds i think i may have heard the name in passing i don't know him personally
0: big pitch pine guy um you know uh, under the radar dude but he's going to help me kind of um style this tree because again i think a lot of where i'm at with Mm. this is it's i'm a sculptor and again i don't i'm not i don't i'm not sure i want to get past beginner with this stuff Uh, maybe um in concept and in in theory in my mind but i'm not looking to be a professional um, bonsai art you know so as whereas a lot of other artists like that are working in the medium or have played with the bonsai medium you'll see they make pieces with trees and there's no mention of the potter there's no mention of the artist that designed the tree right it's it's it's, the name of the piece is like my desire or whatever Mm -hmm. right so like okay so someone grew this juniper you cast it in bronze someone made that pot whether it's just a, a antique japanese vessel but the tenants of bonsai are container by tree by originally established by collected by. Right. And in art, we tend to steal a lot. And Mm, for me, (laughs) yeah, dude, like, you know, so for me this was like an opportunity to say, wow, I could collaborate with some of the best bonsai artists in America with my containers. If I could just, make these things so damn pretty that they can't say no. So Mm. that's just what I'm trying to do.
2: That's awesome. And it really does open a new playing field, especially for a lot of people that, I don't want to say it's stifled, but sometimes it gets cloudy and, you know, that interpretation of like, oh, is this offsetting from the tree or pairing together, right? And that's really cool because of the fact that you've already got your first iteration and piece into the PBM, which is a huge museum you know i think you can only go forward from there especially with the support of that group because um
0: yeah we're um, working on a kinetic one right now for them say again we're working on a kinetic sculpture that's uh bonsai right. sculpture for the pacific bonsai museum now
3: that's it's awesome,
0: going to be yeah it's a ponderosa that's going to go into this kind of um for lack of a better word a choo-choo train and um <laughs> It's kind of, um, there's going to be a turntable built into the composition. Mm. So like like back to that, like, so the more I study bonsai, the more I could figure a way to give you guys a better container. So like, how about a container that rotates? So you don't need,
3: cool. right?
0: Yeah. Or it moves, right? So like, so it's on wheels. So you can, so now you have a heavy tree. So it has a dolly built into it and mm. it has a, a, a turntable built into it. That's awesome.
2: That would save a lot of bags.
0: <laughs> right. You know, like, so like, <laughs> like this is this is where i feel um, like i really need to study with all the 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 better guys in bonsai because that's the way for me to kind of navigate on how to make the container and i mean where i'm at now is like it was like complete disregard in the beginning but now it's like wait maybe the avant-garde could help mm. the 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 bonsai artists like with this like if we develop this thing that no one's ever seen before but it has a turntable in it Right. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. stuff like this and the Pacific bonsai piece, we put we put like I put irrigation down the back of the sculpture. So so the water it's it's a vertical planting, but there's a pipe with holes drilled in the back of the planter. So when you pour water in, it goes directly to the middle and back of the roots. Oh, so wow. you know what I mean? Because if you're pouring on a vertical planting, it doesn't want to get to that furthest point back in the in the planter, right?
2: Right. Gravity pulling down.
0: Right. So the, the water, there's a, there's a funnel in the back of the planter with a, a pipe that goes down the back. So all the water gets funneled to the back of the roots. And it's not a problem because it's not a flat planting. So the water the, gra- the, the gravity is going to pull the water anyway, right?
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: But this way, the whole root structure gets soaked. And that was the, the, the big um, kind of take back from working with Aaron was taking the, like, as he calls it, avant-disregard. <laughs> and maybe a, f- a a way of making it regard right, mm, and, and mm. to to establish a, a a equitable practice of avant-garde art and bonsai, where mm. the shape and the the abstraction of the idea can maybe help the horticulture of the plant.
2: Mm.
0: Maybe uh, that'd
2: be <laughs> no. That's a really cool. That's that's thinking about it horticulturally. You know, I'm in school for that, and I'm just thinking. Uh, hits all the points if you have an access point for water to specifically go into an area that wouldn't necessarily have a lot of water ability and access you're already you know 20 percent there just with the cap- capacity of water holding right in regards yeah, it's, to yeah i mean well, honestly so. I,
0: don't, I don't know if any any vertical planting out there does anyone else have a pipe feeding the water to the where what would be the sheen area of the tree if i haven't seen right it personally up?
2: i was gonna say i'm like uh, you know I was going to say, Jim Doyle is a good friend. I was like, I was thinking, does Jim have anything? I know he's got some quirky stuff, uh, but I don't know of any, I know people that have vertical plantings, but it's in that idea where it's just, you know, you water it well, multiple, idea
0: multiple times been a day. And you know? especially like, you. I mean, we can even get into con- cons- conservation, right? So mm. for me to water a rock planting or a vertical planting, I'm dumping gallons of water out, man, mm. saturate that plant. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about it, right? mm mm-hmm if you have that funnel in there, so like all these things, I like, think that, that that's kind of where I'm kind of grooving now. And that's why we were making the other planter for the bonsai museum there anyway. And I started to kind of move in this direction with Aaron just this week. Actually, I was like, Aaron, yeah, what if we did like a turntable and like a, uh, then he's like, what about like, I said, what if it moves for you? And he's like, what about a train car? And I, so it's that the, the development, the more I can work with professional bonsai artists, the better, I could do right more. I could learn.
2: No, definitely. And that just opens doors to so many different other platforms and show ideas. You know, Um, have you been to the national show? There's uh, the, the one up in Rochester.
0: No, you know, I'm just, I really want to get out there. I have like 50 containers that I made in ceramic that I want to drop to. And I wanted to get out there and bring them, but it's a lot from bear with emails and stuff. And I've been Jim Doyle, who's been, one of my teachers sent me Bill's, you know, email address, and I'm just, it's the three kids, man. It's like, uh, how am I going to get to Rochester? <laughs> I feel it.
2: No, it's, it's, it's happening this year in September. I didn't know if you're able to go because i was like, oh, I'll be there. Um, you know, I have to things. go.
0: I think I was trying to like, I was—I thought that I, it would be good if I have a table there. But I mean, it just, I just stopped when I'm very bad sometimes when it comes to uh, emails, you know
2: no it's hard
0: (laughs) i I didn't have to ask you know really truthfully it was kind of one of those shy things where i'm not sure if i belong there yet like the same thing with not contacting dan five Mm. years in yet you know maybe the rush to the nationals is a lot you know
2: i will say uh from my experience within bonsai i started in 2016 2017 or so you know, when I say started, I mean, I'm still learning, always, always learning, right? Always a student. Um, I've had the most access and ability just to get in connection with people through bonsai. And they were the the most open, you know, most of the time, the ideas, we may think myself personally, could just like I heard you say, oh, I don't know if I'm there yet, there will be people ready for it. (laughs) Because there's plenty of people that are inspired by work, but also want to do something different too. Not just to be different, but to have that appreciation of like, oh, let's progress it forward. You know what I mean? So I was gonna say, if you can, I can introduce in more people. (laughs) It's like, come on up, let's go. Oh, September 9th. Jim was a great
0: resource too. Did you
2: did you just contact him and call him after you were searching? Or is he just like some bonsai near me kind of thing?
0: Well, again, like I was back channel stuff. So I found Dan mm. and then I found Randy and then I was looking to get stuff from Randy. But, he, you know, he doesn't ship and yeah. all that stuff. And then I found out that a bunch of Randy stuff was at Jim. So that sent me to Jim. That's how I found Jim. By I found Randy before I found Jim.
3: <laughs> That's awesome. And,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's really weird, right? <laughs> you know, he's been very gracious to Randy with his time. Mm. Um you know, I sent him some pictures of sculptures uh, when I first started, and he got right back to me.
3: He's and, a great guy.
0: A yeah, great guy. super gracious. And uh, he sent me a couple of plants since I've gotten to know him that were really like the one behind me that I showed you, that Todd style, that it the, the level of stuff that I need to get to. And then going to see him really woke me up as to what I can do. Hmm. But again, like the yard's not that big. I mean, I can't really – Back to why I need other bonsai artists to, to work with, I, you know, it's like it to sculpt the tree, I can't wait 20 years. So I need you guys, if that makes sense.
2: So do you see yourself focusing more with creating the dynamic vessel or not even dynamic vessel, but just the vessel and then having the artists interpret and then having that time together, or do you want to also have your trees within your own vessels too?
0: Yeah, you'll see them 20 years from now. But uh, as far as for the next 10 years, it's, you know, working with everyone else. Like, you know, like that, that little tree I just showed you. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's basically Nick Lent circa when he was 20, when he first started. What well, puppy? You know, yeah. there's not going to be, um, I realized that in order for me to see my vision, it, it's going to take 20 years, right?
2: Right. Patience is key. It's, That's what the trees teach us.
0: Yeah. So it's like, and, um, whether or not i'm I'm alive in 20 years i don't have time for that although i, I am starting them you know like yeah. these little things and you know that's the or like the, i think like or this one in 20 years like what the hell is that going to look like if i follow dan's routine and just not mm. recanted right or mm. this tree the same thing but they have to grow in you know and more importantly like this one here you know like mm. what's like when that comes out of that you know and like it's just a stupid little pine, but that bronze it's wrapped inside of it. It's going to continue to get wrapped. Right. Or like mm-hmm. the same thing with this tree too. This tree, I just planted all these words in the it maple here. And oh, that's cool. You know what it's, that's God that it's cool now, but in 20 years, it's going to be something real, real. Right.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And within time, time and time again. Right.
0: Right. 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 And time again, and time again. And there's like a, the weeds that I pulled three days ago that I haven't gotten off the floor, you know, <laughs> <laughs> not a very 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 cleansly museum here, you know.
2: That's oh, all good. Work in progress, you know. Um, how how often are you getting out to other people's gardens around you? Have you been to the uh, Brooklyn Botanical?
0: Yeah, since a kid, I've been going there.
2: Okay, you, know? so you you got to see the bonsai and whatnot there too.
0: Yeah, yeah. For years, I've been. I, I don't live that far. I could walk to the Brooklyn Botanical Gardens from my house
2: oh nice with yeah. um with you know i the question i ask a lot since we are three years out of quarantine um how did you do with quarantine did you focus more on your art new ideas did you go to your trees um you know, yeah well that was uh,
0: quarantine was when i realized i don't want to teach or make other people's art anymore i just want to focus on myself mm. yeah it yeah quarantine you long shut down <laughs> well exactly well it shut down my business mm. right so it was there was there was for two and a half years, I made a living off of not making a living. So I was like, oh, back to kind of that idea of when I quit forestry school. It's like, if I'm going to be broke, I'm, I'll just do my own thing, right? Mm-hmm. That was kind of... This is weird. because is like a, some weird elm I've been growing in my concrete for like a bunch of years. <laughs> and I have to redo this concrete sooner or later. So when I do do it, this thing will get dug up. and I don't know. What is that? It's an elm, right?
2: Uh can't really tell my camera's a bit fuzzy maybe just want to google lens it and be like what is this google
0: <laughs> yeah. i gotta get that i see again i'm bad with the net i have none of that stuff you know No, you're good
2: i just you know i'm 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 35 now going back to school and all my peers are in their um you know 1920 i was like wow you know it's a different perspective right but in regards right. to that application of community um my co-host ryan and i he's going to school for his PhD in microbiology we just started the first ever uh bonsai club at the Ohio State University and um that just has garnered so much more community involvement to where we're trying to get more people to see it as art you know because it's is it art versus craft or craft and, and an art you know what I mean and we're also trying the application of just helping students decompress from stress and there's a lot of students coming in now asking about what other things can be done with bonsai. And you know, you're a great example because not that there's anything been just stalemating bonsai, but there are certain times that I've seen in history of American bonsai that have shifted it into a completely different propulsion. You know what I mean?
0: I think we're at that paradigm shift now, you know, mm. with everything that Mariah's doing. And um everything that we're where Bjorn is at, and the fact that we probably not that I know this, but I've heard this from other professionals that we probably have with Randy and Andy and Dan and all these collectors. Mm. And we, we, arguably, Randy might be the best tree collector in the history of the world, right? Potentially,
3: mm. Mm.
0: there was a guy in like you know, so we're at this point in America where we really like where else in the world, or maybe in um there's that woman in uh, Europe that's pulling all those trees. Right. But
3: yeah.
0: I, I mean, where this is like probably at the apex of Japan when the, the emperor was there getting the guys to dig these trees out. Right. It's like, we're at that point right now in American bonsai where geez, I mean, it's, there's, there's like a, a boiling happening here. Right.
2: Yeah. 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 The froth is going over the pasta pot,
0: Right. Yeah, for sure, it's- dude. And it's like, it's, it's pretty obvious where it goes from here who the heck knows and then with aaron's take at the museum like giving chances to the avant-garde and Mm -hmm. because once he accepts it and well i shouldn't say he but once the museum accepts it then you know the the old guard tends to think anything new is kind of hodgepodge or like crap right
2: yeah you do have the traditionalists yeah and then like you're saying, once I've I've seen it too. Like you're saying with Aaron, and that whole facility being kind of a, I won't say a homing device, but a a this incubator for these new concepts. You know, because Aaron did the one with World War II and things in that way, and just historical with meets new like the smart I mean,
0: stuff. Yeah, Like couple that with the avant garde idea and the lab project, which you've been working on for coming on eight years probably. The lab project, right? Hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, so it's all just—I think it's coming to a head from there.
3: Um, mm. And
0: I even see it more. Um, you see it everywhere, I, just on Instagram. You see more people trying to take chances with trees and do funky things. The, the stuff that Michael Hagedorn is doing is off the charts, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's a there's a there's a real place for it now, and, and an audience, I think.
2: Yeah, that's. Um... I'm excited to hear that from your end too, because as you've already had this, this huge, fast experience and this art career, if I can say that, and then now, you know, exposing yourself to something almost completely opposite with this growing, you know, and things in this industrial versus non-industrial nature component. Right. It's really exciting because do you think with your ability to be now into bonsai that, Other artists in your friend group will start to partake in trees with you or want to be
0: involved? Guaranteed. I mean, I think it it happens, it wouldn't be friends. Friends will sit there and enjoy it. It'll be people that are watching me that want to steal.
3: (laughs) Uh, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think we're already gonna it's already happening. I feel like I mean, I guess I the only pat on my back here would be I feel like I've already I've already the people are seeing it and there's already the ideas I think are already building on what i'm doing i think mm,
3: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. i believe that you know and uh, with the 3 4 years that i've been kind of cuz i've been pushing at all these the, the folks and i see there's a bit of a, a like a more of an acceptance mm, mm-hmm. and it yeah. comes with like at first it was kind of like oh well what is this stuff and then it's like well we could try that too right so comes a, a couple of years later and i think that i feel like there's more people willing to take a chance with this stuff now
2: definitely i yeah i would agree just from the people i've talked to the people i've been able to talk to via this platform of the podcast that i started with my friend ryan and then just the community you know it's 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 a lot of more i don't like to term younger people but people you know in their 20s and teens are coming into it and they have a completely different uh idea about it via they saw it on their phones not the karate kid right? And right, it, it's very interesting because now at school I'm known as the bonsai guy, which is I'll wear that title to the end of my days. <laughs> <laughs> but in regards to it, it's it's that other dynamic of how do we keep them involved, right? So I mean, there's a process. Like, what is the process if you if you could explain it of how you do your foundry metal work, right? Do you do you, do you find the metal first and then go to your your shop and then melt it down, or how does that work?
0: Well, that's all just – it's all just stuff comes in a truck, you know? Okay. I buy ingot and I buy this. I, just, I use some scrap in my work. Um, I don't know. I kind of, I'm like kind of just fly by wire with the art. I work every day as a nine-to-five on my sculpture. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't tell you what I'm doing tomorrow other than, like, meetings and schedules. I kind of just take it as it goes. And, like, when it comes to the trees – just building the sculptures is how I learned. And like, like we were making the next sculpture for the museum and yeah. the idea of making it mobile and making it a turntable came to me a week ago. Right. So I was like, mm. okay, so the work begets work, I guess, is what it boils down to.
2: No. So it just builds on top of everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that I'm not teaching or doing other artists work anymore, it is all I think about are the trees and sculpture at this point in my life. So you're addicted. <laughs> yeah, beyond it, and even better now is I'm I'm no longer concerned. Um, I mean, I, I probably shouldn't say this here, but um, it's just the truth, and I'm no longer concerned so much with. Now I wouldn't say the health of the tree, but pushing the trees. Like I, I'm, I feel like I'm, I am i i still a beginner, but I feel like it's time for me to make some bigger bends. You mm. know what I mean.
2: Yeah. Break out of the comfort zone of just like, I'm okay here. I don't need to go any farther. Right.
0: Right. And that's the, the, you said the comfort zone. I I was thinking that that, that word was in my mind a couple of seconds ago when we were talking Mm. about like the the COVID thing. And Mm -hmm. that was what, what drove me to bonsai most (laughs) was to get, was I'm a guy that's have, you know, I had 20 people working for me in my shop and I was the guy teaching at Columbia and, People were coming to me. That's a church across the street, by the way. Oh, yeah. And they were coming to me to teach them. Mm-hmm. And with bonsai, I all of a sudden was the guy in the garden with the sweat rag on, getting yelled at and like clean <laughs> this and clean that. And that was probably the biggest learning artistic moment in the last 20 years of my life. To go ah, back to ground yeah. zero and mm-hmm. be the apprentice. Yeah, it was really, and I still enjoy it. I mean, like, I'll go over to the garden and clean up uh, Brooklyn Bonsai, who he's yeah. been around. Paul Graviano, I don't know if you ever heard of him.
2: No, I know Brooklyn Bonsai. I've never met Paul. He sounds like oh, a very he's nice person.
0: Man. like takes care of cat. He has, like, a thousand stray cats that he cares for. That's awesome. He's got, like, um, and he has a really good handle on, like, what it is that, you know, Bonsai is for, you know, maybe the consumer, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. A really good handle on it and he's like his his business acumen is like um he just like he he makes cards he's 80 something years old at this point you
2: know oh wow he's been in a long time i didn't realize he was that old
0: he opened in 73 wow yeah and he was probably i think 30 something at the time when he opened
3: that
0: so would do it. that would do yeah, it yeah <laughs> yeah so you know it's it and but again like back to his like i, I can go in his garden and he'll have a bunch of stock whether it's like elephant bush or whatever it is and there's a level of learning there that i get right so or even just pulling the weeds there it is a, like um i don't know it's it's fun to not have to like have the the master problems and have mm-hmm. the apprentice problems because yeah. i've yeah. been so long and i got my thick had my bag i've been master right like yeah. students man they're teaching columbia grad school like that's a master right so right it's kind of nice to be the the schmuck you know
2: <laughs> no i dig it no no it's true because you know how long how long were you doing uh specific foundry work you know within that process of teaching everything all together you said 2020 was about the last time that you were teaching right
0: yeah i stopped no i don't know I, I guess i stopped teaching in 21 or but yeah so i started doing foundry in college and i was 19 and i started working at that production foundry at like 23 I you said and that. i started teaching at pratt right there right at that moment you know and I i was probably one of the younger people and i didn't have a degree and they hired me without a degree you know Nice. And then they found that that me and the dean said, like, I don't have a degree, man. But they needed someone to run the foundry. You know, so they had, a, they had a bunch of professors, but no one could fire the furnace. So I was like, I could fire the furnace, you know. <laughs> so we went in there and we started working. And then I guess other teachers started losing their students to me mm-hmm. and found out I didn't have a degree. So that was the first time I got fired from an institution. You know, I was hired without a degree.
2: Yeah, and, yeah. You know,
0: Dean's like Mr. Keating. You didn't tell me you didn't have a degree, and I was like, "Oh, uh, no, I don't." You know, <laughs> it, but at Columbia, it doesn't matter. Okay, yeah, at that at that level, it doesn't matter
2: as long as you degree. have that that base of of knowledge, right? That's what they want. Well, they're
0: smart that way, but you know, at SUNY, you know, I'm never going to get a job with no bachelor's degree. You know,
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: it's just it's not going to happen. Interesting. So, the idea of stopping teaching, like, kind of was you know something to i don't know i think maybe i'm going to start again when i get more gray
2: understood no that's Ah, you know you may may down the road be Ah. teaching bonsai too
0: no i then i would not be a beginner anymore (laughs) (laughs) who told me who told me recently i asked one of the teachers whether it was i don't know if it was um i forget who it was but I was like, I think I'm hitting intermediate, and like, you're still a beginner. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going <laughs> to stay there. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Let me just stay there. You know, I'll stay on the green slopes. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I I could get a helicopter and watch the guys go down the Black Diamond, but just not sure I'm going to get down that course anytime soon, you know?
2: I will say, though, the more you work with, you know, artists and people like Aaron, the more you'll pick up because, you know, you've learned that. My <laughs> chef. My chefs told me, Hey, if you want to learn what I do, you got to steal it. You know, what is like that? that I
3: there.
2: Oh, I it said, um, that- My chefs uh, told me, Hey, you got to steal what I'm doing if you want to learn. And uh, I was like, Okay, so the same thing stealing, you know, in quotes, you're going to be learning from a lot more people just by doing, you know, right. And through osmosis,
0: ideally, you're going to pick it up. No, that that's kind of that was my problem the first three years in in bonsai was I was scared to do because mm-hmm. I was like kind of had these plants and I had these ideas for these plants and these containers they were going and every branch meant so much and that was where meeting Dan was like no dude you know how to carve you know how to do this you just go at it like and yeah. you know maybe something's not going to work out but I always kind of had this um a, a more like before I met dan i had a more strict idea of like everything must live you know Mm -hmm. and there was a point where i i realized that there was no way i was going to grow as a bonsai artist unless i kind of took some more chances
2: that's the thing You you gotta step out like we're talking about the comfort zone you gotta step out of that you know do you think from your your time living in new york has given you any cause to be just more experimental because it's new york
0: I mean, you know, you grow up in this city. There's a, there's just a certain anything goes, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, I was in, I was in the like the, I was in the Palladium at like 13 years old. You know, like yeah, like take like you know, it's like you jump out your window and you go to the Palladium at like 13, and you're out there. You know, in the limelight. Not with 13. What what is a uh, freshman year? 15, uh, right?
2: 14, 15, yeah.
0: Yeah. So like at the Palladium nightclub. So. that's the beauty of new york there's a danger but there's also the idea that anything's possible you
2: know exploration right
0: yeah and like um i'll never forget julian schnabel like the first time i met him i was in his house a famous artist he's like if you can make it here you can make it anywhere and i'm like (laughs) where julian and he's like right here i said you mean your house he goes no new york you know but there's a true sense to like and I, honestly, I, I'm a country, I'm becoming more of a country bumpkin. Like there's certain things I like that are very country, let's say, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like things that, like, you know, like stuff like going in the woods and taking game home, stuff like that. And part of me wants to leave the city, but a lot of me wants to leave the city. But the artist in me keeps me here
3: because mm.
0: where else am I going to go? You know, like if I go, once I go to the woods and retreat into that idea, how do I manage the avant-garde? How do I manage the abstract art world? How do I manage the fine art world? Because they'll forget you.
2: Yeah, I've heard. I've heard that. You know, one one breath, one blink, and you're gone. Right. And then right. And other platforms too. Do you think there is any room for a naturalistic avant-garde in regards to living in the country, but being in the process of avant-garde? Because do you ever think you actually lose that sensibility?
0: No, I'm not worried about the sensibility. I'm worried about the people. Accepting it because I'm no longer around. But now I'm just some crazy avant-garde country artist with, like, you know, Living building a shack that thing. <laughs> in the, you know, the guy in LA building in the desert, right? Or like,
2: oh yeah, yep. yeah, yeah.
0: Uh-huh. So you know, it becomes. And then there's also a sense of ownership to Brooklyn as a sculptor, mm. being born and raised, and knowing that there really aren't there really aren't that many people my age that are from where I'm from in the art world. That's kind no, of a reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's. It's more of um the art world, for lack of a better term, is privileged from yeah. yeah. Usually, yeah. usually, I mean, Da Vinci yeah. was with the Medici's, and you know, it's a. It, the majority of my friends that are artists don't come from where I come from. Right, that's real. You know. Right.
2: Yeah, I mean CBGB's is gone. That whole scene, you know, the grime, the grit, and the glory is
0: well beyond. Even when that was going on, the majority artists come from money, dude. It's it's it's, Mm. it's just what it is. You know, you don't who has the luxury to think of nothing all day long.
2: That is quite a quote. (laughs) That's a really
0: yeah to really bang on it and like really bang on nothing and bang on like what's missing in the world and like artistically you either have to be like insane
3: mm-hmm.
0: and it's the same thing with bonsai like you know the greatest bonsai artists are really rich dudes and really crazy dudes
3: yeah, yeah it,
0: or vi- you yeah. know
2: or vice versa Crazy, yeah. i
0: mean in dedication kevin
2: well yeah no it's it's uh, you know it's a lifestyle for me and most people i know who i'm really good friends with in continuation i know through bonsai that's really all the people I know anymore is like bonsai <laughs> people because it's a family you know like um like Chase Rosade I call him yeah Chase is open all the time he's he's a great guy I mean within this artist talk we were just discussing that brings up a new idea in regards to do you think there's still a place for bonsai in all art or only specific kinds
0: I think it's just everyone has to just like wake up and like just it, everything's the same Mm. Um, I know. In art, the problem is the collectors don't want to like not. A, so, like, imagine I give you a piece of art and it's got a cat in it,
3: mm-hmm. right?
0: Do you like mm-hmm. cats, Kevin? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you like ferrets? Yeah. No, you like every animal. Nah, not every animal. Yeah. Well, what animal don't you like? uh damn.
2: I guess I I do like every animal.
0: Yeah. Maybe some. <laughs> Or something like, but I, again, I'm giving you a piece of art with a ferret in it. Okay. And if you, you know, like that's kind of my point with that, or like a spider or a cockroach, right? No, or rats.
2: I don't like rats. There rats.
0: Boom. My grandmother couldn't see him on TV. She ah. So <laughs> now you're a collector, and Ben Keating makes art with rats in it. Mm. You gotta okay. feed the rat. You know, forget about. Oh, most people don't dislike plants, but they know that they. Most people know whether they can take care of a hosta or not. Or whether they could tear, right. it. you know, I right. killed 30 spider plants. I tried aloe vera. I had an orchid. I bought a cactus. I had a, a precumbus juniper that someone bought me in bonsai. They killed them all. Yeah. So now you're gonna spend 40 grand on a Ben Keating bonsai sculpture. Right. Right. That's called failure right there in the art world. You know?
2: Right. Well, those are those ones too that in those cases, do you do you make it a um like a set rule that has to stay outside?
0: Well, no, there's a contract um, and it kind of, it got crazy on that bonsai okay. There's an article about me oh, in the, the New forum. Yorker. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I please don't go on there. They, they landbased based me really bad. I don't even sign on there. It was like a whole, mm. just one day they that article in the New Yorker came out and they went nuts. They, someone called me a uh, really bad names, you know, people don't even know who I am. Like, it right. takes a certain type of douchebag and really nasty stuff. dude. like pages and pages. One wow. guy's like, well, I know Jim Doyle and Jim Doyle speaks highly of him. So I don't know what you guys are saying. And they're like, he's a scumbag. But th- the point is, is that like there like there has to be um you know, I say I lost my track in, in thought because they were harassing me, but the idea of like um well
2: the no, contract. It, we were discussing the contract
3: and
0: Yeah, yeah. The idea that maybe I was going say that maybe the plant would die, right? in anyone's tutelage right you know i mean the plant could be deciding to die two years prior and there's sometimes even beyond orion couldn't save a plant right when they're going they're going right yeah so within the contract it basically says that if you buy one of my sculptures um if the plant dies i will cast it in metal for you for x amount of dollars the the plant that you killed Mm. and you won't have to play bonsai anymore and the Mm -hmm. plant that you killed is in perpetuity in bronze in my container you're done leave Mm. the moss on top what are the moss? don't water the moss you'll be fine you'll have dry moss you'll have green moss you'll have whatever moss you have it'll be there the bronze tree will be within that composition or get with me again i'll find you another tree through the network you know something like good you know and Mm -hmm. um we try again yeah so i guess it's 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 an education tool in a weird way it's like hey try this and if you fail you could do this and if you want to keep trying horticulturally i'll be there to support you and it's like a contract and we've sold quite a bunch of these pieces at high dollar and the people get the contract and as far as yet one person killed the tree and um they haven't gotten back to me on what they want to do i found them three replacements and so on and so forth but Again, this person's a billionaire. Like he might yeah. not even, you know, so we're not pushing it on people, but it's not a dead end when you mm. buy one of these sculptures from me. And that's kind of back to that that blog. They were saying like, what kind of, but they don't they really know what the, the backstory is, right? So like, right. we're not, we're telling you like, try. And it, it, the whole idea is that anyone that could buy art has a garden too.
2: Yeah. Well, And, and so you want, from my understanding of what you just said, you want to create it as an avenue for them to explore other possibilities yeah. of taking care of this thing to keep it alive.
0: I prefer. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And then it, the ball's in their court. Right. And that's with any tree right. you sell. Right. Will there be any time that you would not sell a piece to somebody because you don't think they could keep it alive?
0: No, because I would cast it in bronze and it's going to outlive any of you guys trees.
2: Of course. Aesthetically. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That's the end result. So like, so who, who else any tree out there, who else can guarantee you that if it dies, it's not going to go in the bin, it's not going right. in the bin. It, right. either, it either becomes a learning process mm. in a collector's world. So who, how can we negate that? Right. Right. They're trying. They had a high level tree. They lost. They want to try again. Mm. or they want to give up. And then that high level tree gets immortalized in bronze.
2: Yeah. permanent. The permanence. Permanent,
0: right. right. Oh. So it, there's no, there's no lack of love. You know, it may seem strange and it may seem kind of outside the norm, but there's no lack of appreciation or like respect for what it is there, you know?
2: Right. I think there is a uh, a line where people sometimes, and I'm not speaking for anybody except myself, by people meaning me, that sometimes I've run into the fact I'm like, am I stuck in a situation where it's me thinking primarily about just keeping the plant alive and the aesthetic Different, or is it the aesthetic overpowering my ability to take care of my plant? That's me. right. Well, this,
0: this is the genius of Dan, right? Yeah, back to yeah. Dan because it's not—it's not. What's the stress, man? What are what are what are like Dan said, guys? Dan, what's your what every two days, even when it's hot? He goes every two days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I said, what about when it's one sixteen in fucking Portland? Oh, we watered more than every two days that week, but you know it's like that that that's i guess that's why i really love the idea of that that's american like that's where i really grew dan it's fucking american bonsai man it's like rock and roll you know
2: yeah and it's it's that ability to create your own you know and that's why i'm excited to see this aspect because you've had this you know we keep talking about your history in your art career these showings and these galleries you know moma and things and you've known people in the fine arts world and now they're starting to show trees in the fine art galleries too. I know Ryan Neal just did it in Colorado. Bjorn helped with the one right. in Carolinas In this exposure. It's it's great. I just want to see it in this explosion soon. Cause it's, it's, it feels like a, a slow burning uh, wick to a bomb. You know what I mean? Like it's getting there and then sometimes it stops and you have to relight it. But right. I think there's another allocation of, of fun. You know, everyone Chase Verzey says, "I've never worked a day in my life because I've always had fun playing with little trees." I was like, oh, "Right, it's a good application for happiness." <laughs>
0: I mean, know? I could I could kind of say the same thing. You know, my right. wife might might not be happy to hear it, but yeah, man. I mean, uh, it's my mom got out of the trade center in uh, 01, it's The guy behind her passed. You know, when she mm-hmm. was running, and we didn't hear from until nine o'clock that night. And I thought she was gone, you know, mm. and she called me up and what she said was, Ben, you got it right. You did whatever. the." And she doesn't curse my mom. She doesn't yeah. drink. She don't smoke. You know, yeah. it's not yeah. like me. And she goes, you had it right since you were young. You do whatever the fuck you want every day. And like this, that's art, you know, and like yeah. that's the separation. Because Banzai, you don't do whatever you want every day. Like right. You really care, you know. Right. So it becomes a separation. But kind of. Dan might do whatever he wants every day Mm. is he gonna pick weeds today is he not is he gonna bullshit all day with someone certainly not pining over the trees all day right
2: yeah mostly yeah yeah I mean I know he checks them in the morning but it's all seasonal practice too right
0: right 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 and if one's like kind of I mean that there wasn't the attention to detail on like decandling and like I don't know does that exist there at the and Gardens, like you know, mm. I'm sure yeah. it does because some of the trees are so complicated. But they're all kind of gnarly, man. You know?
2: Oh, they all are. Yeah, they all have their own gnarliness in, in view in them. And
0: back to, like him putting the arm around your shoulder and saying, "Look, they're supposed to look dead. Yeah. They're not old unless they're dead, right? If there's no, if it's not apical dead, then it's just a
2: new young growth, tree.
0: Or yeah, new young tree,
2: yeah. right?"
0: Yeah. So the age is in the decay. So would you ever create a piece of art that would decay with a tree? Yeah, I mean, they all do because they're some of them are steel, unfortunately.
2: Okay, yeah. so the rust and then everything else.
0: Right, the original concept was bronze and indestructible bonsai pot, right? But right. expensive, and then who's going to pay like $10,000, $5,000 yeah. for a bonsai container?
2: That's heavy and, you know, things in that way, too.
0: Right. But I even I mean, even on the highest high end, couple of grand, right, for a really mm-hmm. nice nowadays for a really nice horse or which is well worth. I mean, you know, horse, I think his work could be worth triple more than that, you know, potentially. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, there is a there's a the category beyond it. But like, you know, a bronze casting a attendance like that you're already talking the horse cost just to make a mm. 30 inch bronze pot you know or 25 mm. inch bronze pot you're talking 1500 in production right not made in china not made in thailand they're made in america
3: right
0: you know so is i i, I fail to see room in that kind of genre which right. is what drove me back to fine art right and then what drove me to ceramics the first time i started making ceramics since a kid was to make bonsai parks you know
3: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. i've been making because i want to get try to get my aesthetic in the hands of the masses because and even the steel containers that i'm making right now they're meant to be accessible that steel containers maybe 350 450 for a 10 inch round planner yeah yeah so and that's kind of the idea with the avant-garde with me with bonsai is to not shy like no it's not maybe it's not maybe that everything's not expensive it's avant-garde it's accessible.
2: Right. Right,
0: that's really what I'm trying to get to, and it's a struggle because whether I make things in one minute or fifty minutes, sometimes they're more valuable to me, and right. I have the intention to start. Would give it to Kevin for three fifty, and then I see it out there. And I'm like, I'm going to sell this thing for three fifty, but it's going to have to take me to let go of this. Right, because if I hold on to it, it's only going to be in high collections. It's only going to be with the people. I have to let go. In order to let it grow and And that's that that that's
2: that's that word accessibility right because there's so many things that's what i've been trying to find a way to do is how do we create more access to it because it's really like it's so expensive like it is that default you know because in japan there are trees here that would be four or five thousand dollars that were going with exchange rate 900 bucks 800 you know and they're old but the duality of that is the fact that japan has so much of a resource based for bonsai trees because they've had the thousand years of practice right so they've had so many trees just going into so many people's hands and then in rotation throughout you know however many thousands of years and then here we're still so young that we don't even know where we're going the next day right Right. They have the application because Japan, when I was um, I don't know if you saw any of my pictures online, but I did. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they were showing them in temples. Uh, We went to a temple from. Thousand plus year old temple almost. And it was the first time they ever showed it in there. That was a beautiful thing. I was like, wow. You know, and they're showing them restaurants and other shrines. And it's like, okay, but also over there, you have trees at graduation ceremonies for high school. You have them in salons you have all well, these also things. the uh
0: tradesman bonsai you know that gentleman oh, try, yeah
2: that guy yeah. yeah i've been
0: trying to reach out to him on instagram but he, he hasn't caught me up yet but you know he's he's taken that's like i guess that's kind of in my opinion that's the idea of the next level in japan right like he's yeah. he's the young guy i mean i don't know much about the culture over there of bonsai but i see him and i'm like wow this guy's really trying to mainstream it right yeah yeah because it, it, it is it
2: is it is sadly decreasing in popularity amongst young people other than retired age people doing it well all they, they need
0: like... is america to catch on and then they're just blue jeans for them again and they're like <laughs> wow we invented the blue
3: jean
0: right no but this is, this is the truth and that i think that proves to where we're at in in the world with it because if mm-hmm. that's if that's said so like if japan's already tailing off and we're coming up mm-hmm. they're going to come back around.
2: Yeah, I, I did. I did. Sense Once it that, becomes the you know, popular
0: culture again here, they're going to pay attention, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean, everybody is. I mean, we have, like you said, Bjorn, Ryan, Hagdorn, all these really big named people in our backyard, so to speak, you know? And it's that idea of that accessibility for that. You got Mariah. And, Live, exce- and
0: accessible, you know? too. Like, you know, I showed up at Ryan's garden. He met me. I yeah. showed up at Randy's place. He met me. You know, I showed up at Jim's. He met me. So, there's a level of like, you know, kind of, you're not allowed, but if you show up, you're getting on the field.
3: Yeah. You yeah. Know?
2: And, and you come with a, a kind, you know, a kind speech. It's like, oh, hey, how's your day? You know, you don't want to talk about bonsai all day. Just talk about how they're doing as people.
0: <laughs> right. Or like not ask for a picture for Instagram, you know. So right. It's like, but there's, there's a certain level of like, and it's funny you said that it's losing interest in Japan and gaining interest here yeah like where it, but the thing is in japan like i think it's part of the reason we're gaining interest here is because of all the great work that randy and andy smith are doing
3: mm-hmm. and
0: steve island and all those guys mm-hmm. right and bob shimon and all the other people that i don't know that i'm not mentioning that that doesn't exist in japan anymore so yeah, a, lot of,
2: a lot of those people passed sadly
0: well and the trees aren't they don't exist right yeah yeah there's nowhere to collect anymore so you're only dealing with like a Telperian farms that's 400 years old in Japan or a Weigerts that's 150 years old. So the styles are set Yeah. where we're still able to get natural product.
3: Yeah. In that's Europe true. and in America. Yeah.
0: So they're kind of, they're, I'm, I'm just postulating, but they're stuck because they're stuck in their own tradition. So that I think, point, if, yeah. If, yeah, I think if we could sh- like funnel a bunch of pinion pines and ponderosas and like all these scots pines and limber pines in japan maybe there will be a rejuvenation
2: i,
3: Collecting I so.
2: yeah yeah uh that's an interesting concept because i was talking to my father-in-law about it because they live up north in the fukushima prefecture and their countryside and um he told me he has a piece of property on the mountain that he owns but he doesn't know where it's at he has to look at a map and it's like let's go. He's like, you can't collect though. Even though it's my property, it's a, it's a crime. You'll either get a big fine or end up in jail. I was like, Oh, no, thanks. I can go up there and take inspiration, you know, photos and things, but you can only do so much with that. But I will say out of all the apprentices I've met, they're from other countries going to Japan to get that, that surplus of, of tree work and education and just this proclivity of, getting to work on these trees, you know, time and every day and putting the effort.
0: Well, again, the back to the luxury we are here in America with the craft is that we have, I mean, how many years did Mr. Neil spend in Japan? How many years did Owen Reich spend in Japan? How many years? Right. did Bjorn? And they're here now. Right. I mean, I, I'm not, I don't really know the history, but how many guys or girls have gone through that training and live in America now? Other than those dudes. the As
2: well, I, was gonna say, years. I was gonna say, you know, you got field of people, Matt real. He studied with, uh, Tyler Sherrod down in Carolina, but it's a handful of people, you know,
0: that really not, went uh, to Japan and spent how many years yeah. did Owen spend in Japan or Brian, like seven years, right. Or something.
2: Yeah. Ryan was six. I think Owen was similar. I know <laughs> yeah, You know, Matt real <laughs> did eight and stuff. And, you know, it's just about this idea of wanting it in this, right. obsession. I don't want to say obsession, but it's lifestyle choice. Yeah. and You know, now you coming onto the scene with this great pitch out of left field, if you will, you know, go to go to the stadium, hit a foul ball to the left field. Oh, it's not foul because I caught it. I get to take it home. Now it's a Yeah, but point. I mean
0: Nick Lens Nick Lens threw the pitch, you know?
2: True, true. And that just was a
0: <laughs> No he did. And and like it, there's a but again the 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 idea of abstraction and to step away from folk, let's mm-hmm. call it for lack of a better word. And not to disrespect anything Nick's done, but it's it's mm-hmm. folk. You know, it. it yeah. the majority of your work is very folky, and the majority of experimental bonsai work in this country is very folky. I hope, with the exception of mine. You know, nothing's mm-hmm. wrong with folk, but there's a there's a level of like, um, if you do art for twenty years, you're an artist, so mm-hmm. you can't fake that. Just like I can't fake being a twenty year bonsai artist. You know, mm-hmm. you can't you can't just step into the idea of making a container and compete with someone who's been making form for 20 years where mm. you can't just step into the idea of training a tree out of colorado and compete with owen or ryan or bjorn i mean right. you'd have to be a real savant to really and i don't even think that exists because the motor skills and the the whole idea of wiring and the the, the way to do it and the, the fact that every tree tried and cut back to two elm cut back to three Maybe I'm wrong with that, but there's all that stuff that yeah yeah you can't just go whacking at it, you know. Mm. So there's a there's like that kind of uh, the beauty of um the rules, mm-hmm. the rules, you know.
2: That is the thing too. I know Americans struggle with the rules because Japan has a lot of rules yeah. with culture and identity and everything. I learned a lot more this time when we got married. This time around, I was like, there's a lot more I didn't know that I know now that okay yeah good well they, they didn't want to scare yeah.
0: you away at first <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah it's like don't tell me he's not ready
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah I just said um but it's true and that again back to you know i hate to keep hopping on dan but back to american japan yeah, yeah. and you know and it's and i even i see like oh and i have on speed dial like i mm. i kind of um thankfully have connected with him and i can call him at any moment and say what's going on with my trees you know which is a huge resource you know mm, mm. for him to give me that and there's a level of like severity mm. when owen talks to me about a tree where i feel like i'm you know he's gonna hit my hand or something you know
3: yeah that's
0: there
2: do better, do better.
0: <laughs> that's there that's yeah. there like you know and i appreciate that from where it comes from mm. because i i did that as a sculptor I spent seven years getting whipped, you know? Yeah. To get to where I am today with form.
2: Like you're saying, there's in that dexterity of knowing, like you've been doing it 20 plus years, and it comes now natural because you spent the time putting in the work, right?
0: Well, I mean, but the one thing, yeah, bonsai and, and sculpture have in common is form.
2: I was just gonna say it's a 3D object comparatively into a outside of a two D form, right?
0: Yeah, and even containers. In a sense, uh, it is there's a potter, right? There's mm-hmm. a ceramicist, mm-hmm. and then there's an artist that works in ceramics. So, you know, it, it's all very varied. And, um, you know, there's, if there's, you can make a, anyone can make a pot tomorrow.
2: Yeah. Easily. Yeah. yeah.
0: Right. You know, whether it's something it may not be high fire raku like the stuff I'm doing now, but you can still make a pot. So, like, gonna, I,
2: yeah. Yeah. If
0: I'm going to dive into ceramics, as a sculptor, I'm going to say, well, what's no one doing? Oh, well, high fire raku. Who's doing that? I don't see many people doing that. The yeah. horse might have a few examples of it, you know. So, like, okay, so I go right back to one of my friends. Says, oh, I saw horse might have done some pieces like that, right? So now I know. Well, that's the right direction because yeah. the top potter in the world is trying it potentially. Whether I know that, I'm not sure if I'm. I'm just saying that because my friend told me that. Right. But so that was where I drove into ceramics, like high fire raccoon. That's what yeah. I wanted to do. Yeah, you know, and when I met with Ryan out there, I was like, "Oh, I'm doing these high fire raccoon pots. Impossible! What's what's the temperature of it? Do you want to? I don't want to see it. Let me see the sculpture. Like it wasn't even against the high fire raccoon. They were only doing teapots. This big high fire raccoon, right? Right. Who are like we're dragging out? I don't know if you saw the videos of the high fire raccoon we're doing.
2: I was gonna say, um, there's a guy, a friend of mine named Brandon Stolini. I can't pronounce his last name, but he does high-fired potware or and, and bonsai pots over in um, uh, Connecticut. He's been doing Raccoon. For, yeah, I high-fire wood burn everything, and, and he's he, pulling it
0: out and then putting them in the reduction.
2: I believe so. Yeah, there's a whole process.
0: Yeah, it's a whole process. We've been figuring out, and it's like it's a big because we're doing some thirty-inch pots, which yeah. means you need to drag it out. You need to drag this thirty-inch pot out of a. Wood at 3,000 degrees, you know, I was gonna say 3, a
2: wood-fired ceramic.
3: We're we're
0: firing gas.
3: Oh, um, you are okay.
0: We gas fire to get them up to 3,000. Mm-hmm. Then they go on a, a train, a trolley, into mm-hmm. the raccoon furnace, and then get dumped on. I'll send you the video. It's on Instagram somewhere. I'll send it to you after we get off. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. It's. I, I'd be interested. In the, where is he at? The other gentleman.
2: He's in Collinsville, Connecticut. I'm looking at his stuff right now. I can send you his um his stuff on Instagram if you want. He's, yeah, got, that's he's what a good dude. He's got he makes uh sake cups, a lot of great um bonsai, like gnarly looking uh, pots. Smaller stuff on. though, right? He's got some bigger ones. Um, he hasn't been able, to, he does it as a community-based thing where it's a group of people. So you have to fit in all your pots there, but you can't just take because that's your one piece, right? You gotta have multiple if you want to sell them.
0: Dude, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so we're dumping like uh sometimes we're doing three pots in a four foot by four foot but seven foot kiln.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that is a bit different then. Yeah. Okay. Well, you need
0: air. You can't You can't clog them in there. They need to yeah. have air, right? I mean, in order, if you have a big pot, it, you know, we're getting maybe three or four level. Mm-hmm. So we're firing up to 3,000, three pots and then racking them over, you know? But the majority of the work I'm doing in Mexico and that helps. Again, back to the bottom line. If I was doing it in America, these pots would be thousands of dollars. There'd be no way around it. Right. So I travel to Mexico and again, it's all just to make it accessible. Right. I'm going right. there because I don't want to make another $4,000 pot. Like, it's just not right. what I mean. It's just, I have $50,000 piece of artwork. I don't want, it's it's not going to play for me to, yeah. to try and make expensive, super expensive pots. But I'd, I'd like to make pots that are super expensive looking, but obtainable.
2: Open to the masses, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's kind of my dream. I'm, it, I'm, it's a hard fight but that's kind of my dream.
2: Have With you been things. through this idea you have now? Have have you been, um, I don't say ridiculed, but has the fine art world that you've been accessed to, have they treated you different or is it just like, how is it different now for you?
0: Um, I don't know. I mean, it's funny because there's a larger tree that we're trying to place. And the, the curator of the museum was like, you know, I just don't know if I like the tree, Ben. I'm like, <laughs> like, I'm like what? you know, that's what I'm hearing from the bonsai people. Like we were, we, the first show we did. And that was part of the thing. Like this guy selling Walmart bonsai for like $15,000. Someone wrote and like, no, it wasn't a Walmart bonsai. It was a, a tree. I paid 1500 for from someone that bought off Andy Smith 10 years ago. Yeah. And got the ponderosa needles down to like a nice, you know, they weren't all garbage, you know,
3: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: but the, that was the kind of the, the thing was that it was, um, so, yeah, you're always struggling with that. People are going to try and identify something with what you're doing.
2: Right. Like, try to, try that to was understand. the
0: big tree. Ben, I don't know if the tree... Well, I, I, it's a bond, It's a giant bonsai, so it's going to take 10 years for me to make this piece. Like, do you want to be a part of it or not? Like, whoa.
3: Yeah.
2: You know? Not, do you think people do that just to try to be able to understand it in their own mind, just like take it apart or not take not, it apart? Well, not, but... they,
0: they do it not... Yeah, I guess not understanding yeah. is what causes and that's the, the biggest problem with new art or like um like anyone's gonna understand the jeff coons right you yeah. saw that toys r us anyone's gonna understand the daniel ashram you know mm-hmm. it's, it's venus the milo
3: mm-hmm. okay
0: but you show them something they've never seen before it creates complexities
2: when they get uncomfortable
0: yeah it makes them uncomfortable it's it's the tabla roster it's the romantic dream right it's like People don't like to be at the table roaster. It's a blank Mm. slate, and but that's my the driving factor in all my work is to put you in that moment where like Mm -hmm. maybe I never saw this before. Yeah, you know, so which drives me back to the greater bonsai professionals. Like, let me get my work inside because they're doing work that's never been seen before.
2: Right, pushing the boundaries. Yeah,
0: pushing boundaries, like especially Dan. Whereas there's no, you know, and. I asked Dan. And I said, "Can I get one of my <laughs> containers?" He gave me a definite maybe, which I think yeah. is a big deal. You know, no, from
2: Dan, that is a big deal because wasn't a no. He's uh he's like, <laughs> let me think of it. It was probably like maybe that face. I know I've yeah. seen that.
0: No, <laughs> he goes, "Let me tell you, man. It's a definite maybe." You know, <laughs> and and the only struggle was that I'm not naturalistic. Really, had my yeah. work been more naturalistic, he told me, he's like, if it looked like that, I'd put it in there right away. And, but, boom, that got me thinking, like, how can I blend my aesthetic with the naturalist, naturalistic bonsai aesthetic and take mm. that to another level, too, and try and make Dan happy without sacrificing my tenets of abstraction? Right. Not just too. to make him a bird's nest or a bunch of, like, you know, he'd be happy with a big log, cast the metal, boom, throw it on the floor. But I could do that, but that, that starts to go against my tenets.
2: Right. Which right.
0: which have no basis on history or have mm. no basis on anything logical, right? Right. But that's the make-believe that, that we kind of ponder upon in art.
2: Well, as you said earlier, you know, artists get to think about nothing all day. It's
0: nothing. <laughs> <a favorite>
2: <laughs> oh, man. That's uh, this that great conversation.
0: No, um, Thanks for having me, man.
2: No, yeah, I appreciate it. it's actually it's been an hour and a half. I went by so fast. Are you serious? Yeah, it's almost seven. I was like, Oh my
0: holy shit, I gotta cook dinner, dude. <laughs> I was like, I gotta eat. I guess I guess it's order pizza time because we're in America, you know.
2: <laughs> Pretty much Domino's or yeah. something better. Um
0: Look, you want to laugh at like the dedications? My son wrote this to me.
2: That is amazing. You gotta post that on Instagram
0: <laughs> <That's a donut laughs> right there. <laughs> Um, he's felt hungry wrong. he's only in third grade. <laughs> hey, it
2: works for me. you know what he wants. kid that sorry
0: buddy. A kid that knows what he wants
2: is a good is good. Um, but uh, where can people find you? What can people see your stuff?
0: Um, the Pacific Bonsai Museum um, and uh, galleries and the sorted museums thereafter. you okay. know Just, uh, I'm not really I don't have a huge web presence. But um, so just you Google my name, I'm there, you know?
2: Ben Keating, right?
0: Yeah, Benjamin Keating. I think Benjamin there's, Keating. There's, a, there's a website, BenjaminKeating.com, BenjaminKeatingStudio.com. But whatever, just Google it and um, come to Brooklyn and find me, say hello. It's the most important thing to do.
1: Definitely, yeah. Today's episode was recorded, edited, and produced by Ryan Houston, Kevin Ferris, and Kelly Louie. To find out more and see pictures relevant to today's topic or sponsors, see the show notes linked in the description or at BonesideTimePodcast.com. To submit questions, suggestions, or tree pictures for future discussion, find the contact form also on our website or message us directly at Podcast at gmail.com. If you would like to support us in making more episodes, consider rating us, sharing with friends, donating, or becoming a sponsor. Our music was provided by Midi Cancer. To find more of their work, check out their SoundCloud and Bandcamp pages. To stay in touch with us, subscribe to us in your podcast app or find us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Bonsai Time Podcast or on TikTok at Bonsai Time Pod. Also, Kevin and Kelly are at Kevin underscore Ferris P&W and Bonsai with Kelly, respectively, on Instagram. And Ryan is invivobonsai.com and on all social media. Remember, have fun and bonsai on.